Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next podcast. This is Mike Cleveland coming to you from Washington in the United States. My wife, Jody's here. Hi, Jody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and again, we have our good friend and sister in the Lord, Joss from Australia, and it's always so good to be with you. Yes. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Hello, Mike and Jody. <laughs> and today we're going to continue our study that we started last week. So if you're listening to this uh, and you see that we're jumping right in in the middle of a study, that will remind you to go back and listen to the previous podcast where we began a study that we're correlating with the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic that has struck our entire planet within the period of just a few months. And people are afraid they are panicking. Uh, some are, are wondering what to do and where, it, where can I go? What, how can I find any kind of shelter from this? And, and what we have to see from Psalm 91 is that God has provided us an eternal shelter, yeah. an eternal refuge in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and through the work that Jesus did for us, on the cross. And so today we're going to continue this discussion. And as we think about the context of, of why we're studying this passage, dealing with this pandemic, Joss, do you have any initial thoughts today to, uh, to begin our study? Yes, as, as we go through each week of this pandemic and there's new rules and regulations and we, we see in our supermarkets, there's arrows going here, stand there, do this, do that. It's, it's a new, new experience for us all. And, and, and this unfamiliarity is throwing so many into a place of fear and terror and, um, and running to finding that the, the things that they've been leaning on uh, in the past are not working, uh, finding that... Uh, uh, the things that uh, have given pleasure or satisfaction um, uh, have not worked uh, in this current situation and, and that real desperation to find solution that will satisfy deeply and, uh, and help them cope in an absolutely unreal situation, uh, a once-in-a-lifetime situation. And we're finding our human resources are absolutely lacking. Mm. That's a very good point. It's really having the beneficial effect of knocking over idols, mm. things that people have trusted in, entertainment, pleasure, money, um, any sort of thing, family, you know, other people that we've turned to to meet our needs. These are being knocked over, and it reminds me of that time in the Old Testament where the idol Dagon was knocked over in the sanctuary and uh, it was knocked over by the ark or the presence of God. And as we look at this pandemic, what we need to see is that God himself 
is knocking over people's idols for the purpose of him becoming what they look to yeah. and what they, who they trust in and where they find their life. You know, Paul says we need to live is Christ. And, and so we're actually seeing a benefit of this pandemic where people are having their idols knocked over right in front of them and they aren't able to trust anything that they could in the past. There is no shelter. There's no refuge outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our eternal refuge and shelter. That's what we're going to look at today as well. So I have Psalm 91 here uh, in front of me. And um, ready to move verse 5. He will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Uh, there's two words for fear here. And we see you will not fear, and that is uh, the word, I've got that looked up here. It's uh, the word um, to be afraid or frightened or to be dreadful, uh, to be terrified or intimidated. You will not be those things. You will not fear the terror, and that word is the fearful presence or the calamity. You won't be overwhelmed with dread. Um, Joss, this is something that people need desperately to not be overwhelmed with dread. Mm -hmm. And I think that you, from your past counseling, from your past um, training in psychology, probably saw a lot of that. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of it now. How can you relate this truth that we will not fear, we will not give in to terror, we will not be overwhelmed with dread. How, how does that happen? How can that be true? Mm-hmm. Well, in, a, in and of ourselves, um, there's no way we can fulfill this, this, uh, this sentence here. You will not fear the terror by night. Um, in, if we fall on our human wisdom, um, on what we know uh, to change our thoughts, to make ourselves feel better in modulating our thoughts, if we go off and run around the block or do things which will help our bodies, do various acts and deeds and thought-changing processes, these are surface things, aren't they? The outside of a teacup where you're washing the outside of a teacup but you're not looking at the inside, the heart. And uh, it's only by the heart being changed and inside-out approach that um, with godly wisdom that we can be able to not fear because we need to look at the one who has gone through the fear for us. We need to look to Jesus who has gone into the darkness and into the terror and into the arrows that fly by night and where they have been turned on him so that we do not need to fear that terror. Well, that's pretty much all I need for this podcast. (laughs) That to me was, says it all, because what you talked about was the need for a heart change. Um, you know, so many people are taught, aren't they, Jody, to change the external circumstances in hopes that that will affect me inside. Right. So there's some things that we can think of, like, you know, yoga or things, meditation techniques or things like that, where our outside is, we're trying to change that, right? Right. Yeah. Well, behavior modification has been around uh, forever, I guess. And, um, and it is, it's easy to focus on behaviors because we can see them, but, um, uh, they're ineffectual 
long, long term. They're not going to last. Changing behavior doesn't affect the heart. And that is what matters. You might get someone to conform by force. Um, you might get someone to conform temporarily with a behavior modification uh, type of thing. But unless you reach their heart, they will not have a lasting change. They'll only change as long as somebody's watching, as long as um, they have a motivator, as long as something is acting upon them. And what we're saying is that there is a way to have a heart change that will have a lasting change in your behavior. But the heart change comes first, not the other way around. That's exactly right. And what Joss also said second then was the way in which the heart is changed, yeah. which is to look at the cross of Jesus Christ, because everything we're going to see now from verse five and on happened to Jesus Christ and it happened to him so that it won't happen to us. And as we look at the cross and we see the links to which Jesus went, we are enabled from the inside to rest, to trust, to relax, to find our shelter in him. And so, as Josh said, it's this message of the cross, uh, of the love of Jesus, who took the wrath of God in our place, that we are enabled to think differently, to feel differently, to live differently, uh, and that is the benefit and the power of the cross, as, as Josh said. So we, we looked at two words here, fear and terror. And then in verse 6, we're going to see two words as well. And says, uh, first of all, you won't fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. That word pestilence is disease, a pandemic occurrence of sickness and death. Uh, specific diseases might be mentioned, uh, pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague. And again, we're talking about a destructive plague, uh, destruction. So two words for fear. You will not fear. You will not give in to terror for the pestilence, that is the pandemic, uh, nor the plague, the destructive plague that destroys at midday. Joss, as we look at these two verses, what are, what are your thoughts just initially here as we look at them together? Um, they, it, it's a very all-encompassing fear, isn't it? It's not just a part of the day. They say night and day. Um, it, so it covers everything of the human condition. Um, we see um, that there's mention of um, the darkness and, and noonday and, and, and that immediately just takes me to the cross to see that that's where Jesus dealt with all this. Um, and, um, you know, it, we see that in Mark um, where it says, for the sixth hour until the ninth hour darkness came over the land and in the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's at noon where we would expect the, the highest heat where you would want to take shelter and here it is in saying in these uh, these verses here um, darkness and noonday together um, that's where Jesus did not have the shelter so that we would have the shelter mm -hmm. and that is such a powerful statement 
that he actually endured all these things. The fear, the terror, what do, what do we have mentioned here? Fear, terror, an arrow or a sword, uh, pestilence, stalking in the darkness, destruction at midday. All of these things are to point us to the cross of Christ where he hung in the darkness, where he had, as you said, no shelter. Why? So that we could come into the light, so that we could have a refuge in him. He endured this plague, the plague of sin, the pestilence of sin and sickness that destroyed him at midday. Mm. He endured that for you. Mm -hmm. He suffered in all of these things. Um, he was a human being. I'm sure he was God in the flesh, indeed, the most high God taken in a human body, but he was also fully man. And as such, he could experience all the fear, all the terror, all the dread. Um, and here comes a, a Roman soldier after he had died and he, he pierced his sword through. Um, and he endured this plague of sin that the whole world had come under the authority of this sin. And here God took all of the sin of the world, all of the sickness, all of the dark darkness of sin, and he put it all on Jesus. And there Jesus hung in nakedness and shame, enduring the, the arrow of God's wrath against sin, enduring this terror of night in complete darkness, having a spear in his sword, having had his hands and feet nailed to the tree. This is what he endured for us and much more. Um, Joss, what does it do to you when you mm -hmm. think about him in this way? Mm -hmm. um, I had done. Um, um, our punishment on him and I know that that is that is our forgiveness um, the blood that is pouring from him from all those wounds that you've just said Mike um, that that's a healing and we can see that um, in, in even when he was on the flogging pole with the soldiers over him um, um, he was enduring every moment of that so that every sin was going to be paid for us and and then he had the the cross on his back up that hill with the splinters going through all the skin that has gone through to no bone almost the bone has been exposed and he goes up there carrying our burdens carrying us into the place of death um golgotha the place of the skull and that's where death was dealt with that was when we got life and um and it's a joyous thing to see it as well as a, a terrible thing to see it yeah, I, I just, my heart aches. There's so many people who are so sad right now and focused on the physical life, right? They're so caught up in the, the, the numbers of people dying every day. It comes out, they report, oh, 200 people died in the state of Washington and, you know, thousands and thousands have died in the city of New York. And it is devastating. It's so sad to think about. But, um, and even greater, we have an even greater need than to live physically. We have this sin issue 
that weighs on us eternally. And when we face death like this, we see it put up in front of our face over and over, hour by hour on the media and things like that, where we can't escape it. We're constantly being confronted with our mortality, our death. Sin becomes relevant then. Now I think about, hey, wait a minute, what if I die? And then I think, well, where am I going to go? What's going to happen to me? Um, and, and, and what about the, I've done wrong things. And, and how do I deal with that? What do I do? With that? And now I'm afraid, right? Because I'm thinking, how am I going to escape this terrible virus that's killing everybody, right? And, and this is what we want to invite all of us into now as we listen and think about Psalm 91 is that we have a greater need. It is an eternal need. We have a sickness in, our, in ourselves, a sin sickness, and there is a cure. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, as we talk about all that Jesus endured on the cross, him becoming sin and taking on all this pain and anguish and suffering, some people might be listening and thinking, but why? You know, why would Jesus do that? And, and how does his suffering make up for my sin? And how does that work? And how does this protect me from right now? I don't want to get the coronavirus, you know? And so how do we then connect here, um, the dots for people? Well, the way we connect the dots is to show that he took care of all sin and sickness eternally yes. on the cross. So my sin was paid for. All sicknesses were put on Jesus, and so eternally we will we will live and we will have bodies that are never susceptible to sickness again. So eternally we have complete health and life and and everything that Jesus purchased for us. Once we know in our hearts that our eternity is secure, that our sin is paid for, and we will not have to die to pay for it. So our eternity is secure. Now we can go through anything in this life. Right. Because we know that Jesus said, he who believes in me will never die. Right. Now that to the world sounds like an absolute lie. We know everybody dies. No, my body might die. Right. But we, but we will live. And so maybe I'll get a new tent. Hey, I'm all right with that. This one's getting old, but <laughs> exactly. the, the uh, expiration is running out anyway. So, but, I like your tip. <laughs> but Joss, what are your thoughts about that as far as people want help and relief from the present, from right now, from the coronavirus? How is looking at what Jesus did on the cross um, going to bring comfort and help to them right now? Peace, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's knowing that that's the place of refuge. Um, that's the place which we we stay in a, a different refuge than the one of panic and of of fear, which is of our flesh. Um, I've been at that place of flesh a lot in my in my life. I understand how how it is that we focus on ourselves and our needs and our emotions and they run away with us. That's one refuge. But the refuge of the cross, where we stay there at the 
foot of the cross and look at his love coming down to us and what does that love do to our hearts and it calms us it um, it brings us to a place of peace when we see a reconciliation with God we see uh, Jesus as our mediator who is taking the our hand and God's hand and putting them together and that he did at the cross and know that we are eternally safe from harm and and we will be um, looked after and cared by his grace moment by moment we will have needs as we go through this time of pan pandemic but we look to him for provision we look to him for the rest we look to him for when we have condemning thoughts and our thoughts run away with us and we look to the cross and we see um, that he is giving us the word of truth to calm us and to focus on him right yes we believe in Jesus Jesus is the life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection, right? And so when we put our faith in Jesus, we can be at peace. We can rest. We don't fear calamity. We don't fear plagues. We don't fear pandemics. We don't fear death because we are safe in Jesus Christ. His death his suffering, all the, that he went through leading up to the cross and then him dying on the cross, being buried in a tomb, all of that paid for our sin. So if you're afraid today because you have done wrong things, come to Jesus Christ and put your faith in him and receive salvation and, and healing from him. Because when you put your faith in Jesus, you're saying, yes, I trust in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I don't have any. And he's giving me his. I receive it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trusting in that. So now if I die and I come to God, God doesn't say, well, have you been good? No, he doesn't say that. He says, you have the righteousness of Christ. You're perfect. Come. Come into my presence and you are received as perfect, as fully accepted in Jesus Christ. This brings peace to the heart, brings peace to the mind. It banishes fear because you're filled up with the love, the, the knowledge that you belong. You have an eternal home, an eternal life in Jesus Christ. And that's our shelter and our refuge. Yes. It comes as we come to the cross. It's, and that's really important. One of the things that people need to understand is that at the cross, they died with Jesus. And why do we need to understand that? And several reasons, but the first one is it removes all fear of punishment. Mm -hmm. If I have paid for my sin in the person of my substitute, then God does not punish twice. And so I have no fear of an upcoming judgment, no fear of condemnation, because I was already judged, I was already condemned, I was already put to death and paid for my sin in the person of Jesus Christ. That removes all fear of eternity, of any judgment, of any punishment whatsoever. Now you, 
you could do yoga, you could do mind exercises and breathe deeply and take a shout and whatever the things they tell us to do. But if you aren't sure about your eternity, you aren't sure how God judges, you aren't sure that you'll be right with him, then you will have no inner peace no matter what you do externally. But looking at the cross assures you of this. You will never be punished. You will forever be accepted. Joss, I love the way you described it. Jesus, put the Father's hand and your hand together. Yeah. Um, meaning that he made you acceptable to the Father. He, Jesus himself, as God and man, united God and man at Calvary's cross. And so we have a refuge and a shelter and a safety. And the next verse says, and we need to really explain these two verses, don't we, Josh? Verses seven and eight. Mm -hmm. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Now, one thing we know for sure is the coronavirus does not kill only evil people and leave all the good people. <laughs> right. That's not what this yes. verse is saying. Um, so we have to understand this and explain it. So who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, uh, death and um, sickness come to everyone, right? Um, it doesn't matter who you are. Babies get sick. You know, um, it just, it can't be about that sick, only the bad people get sick. It can't be that because um, many good and godly people have died from plagues and uh, sicknesses and um, varieties of um, been martyred, you know, things like that. So if, if it were to only protect our physical bodies, if that's what this was all about, then, you know, we've missed the mark because, <laughs> because, um, bad things happen to everybody. Difficult thing. We all face that. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Josh? Yeah. So, yeah. So what is it protecting us against? Um, that there's, it's saying there's a thousand at one side, there's 10,000 who have fallen on the other side. Um, so is it, it's God's wrath that has, um, we've been protected against and, um, and, and we've seen that in so many instances in the Bible of people, uh, thousands that have been fallen and those that have been protected. Um, two instances that come to mind are um, the Israelites in, in Egypt and when the sprinkling of the blood had been done on the lintels of the houses, um, the firstborn were protected, but thousands were not. Um, and so the Israelites were protected, but others weren't. And um, so it was the lamb of sacrifice, um, the, the blood of the lamb of sacrifice that protected the, uh, the Israelites, the firstborn, um, from God's wrath. And, and another one um, is Noah, uh, Noah and the ark. Um, thousands of lives were lost um, in the flood that came upon the land. But Noah and uh, his family were, remained alive, it said in Genesis 7, and they that were in the ark with him were safe. Um, so despite all that destruction, 
that was happening. Um, the ark was a real picture of salvation in Jesus Christ for us, um, that, um, that those in the ark were saved from God's wrath. Um, the, the ark itself was beaten upon by, the, by the, the winds and the waves from above and below, but those in the ark were safe. And, and when it was all finished, the peace of God, the peace of God came in the form of a, a, a dove and, and an olive branch. And that peace came from the wrath being dealt with. And, and for Jesus, Jesus dealt with our wrath. Um, he, he had Satan's hatred on him from one side. He had uh, the Father's uh, wrath on the other side. And, but in Christ, we are saved from God's wrath. And, uh, and I feel this is what these verses are, are talking about. Um, the cross is our ark of safety, isn't it? Mm. So we stand eternally. And those who are not under the blood, who are not included in the protection of the Passover lamb, they fall under the wrath of God. Um, I can imagine um, the wailing, the, the shouts of horror uh, during that time as the destroying angel passed over and, and people lost their firstborn. And the, and the wailing, it might be considered like what we're going to face in our world today as People lose their fathers, sons, grandmothers, wives. Um, and in the ark, you know, as that door was shut and only eight people were in it and all those on land and the rain's pounding down and they're wanting to change their minds. Um, they want to, at that point, say, open the door, let me in. And, and no, it has gone beyond that. And what we want to say is today is the day of salvation. As we've been talking here on this podcast, there have been hundreds of people who have died from this pandemic. How many more are going to die between now and when we get together next time? And so we want to speak as we bring this to a close to those who are outside the ark. Mm. to those who are not under the blood of the Passover lamb. You may not have another day. You, you may not have any more time. This pandemic, it says, stalks in the darkness, m- meaning unseen. And you don't know, but what if it's coming for you? And, and what if you are not under the blood of the lamb? What if you are not in the ark? Mm. Oh my, oh, it would break my heart. Can you imagine the terror, the horror? And yet it's time now. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. You can right now come to this cross that we've been talking about. You can look up and see Jesus' love looking right at you. He's wearing a crown of thorns because he's taken the curse of humanity your curse on himself. As you look up, you see in his eyes, the love coming from him to you. It's as if he's saying, I love you. I forgive you. I'm not going to hold your sin against you. I've taken it on myself. You are set free from it. And you right now have an opportunity of believing, of putting faith, in that message, 
And if you do, the blood of Jesus protects you from all future punishment and all the wrath of God. The cross of Jesus Christ has become your shelter, your refuge, your safety, and you will stand eternally. You will never fall with the wicked. Though 10,000 fall under the judgment of God, 10,000 fall at your right hand, and all around you, people are succumbing to God's anger against sin. You never will. You will stand in the judgment upright, not based on your self-righteousness, but on the righteousness given to you as a gift here at the cross. Friend, when Jesus was on the cross, he gave his robe to those who crucified him. Today, he holds it out to you. He will give you his robe of righteousness as you put faith in his crucifixion and his resurrection from the dead. And then you will never fear death. You will never fear death again. Why? Because death is swallowed up in victory. Mm. Jesus rose from the grave, meaning he has overcome the grave for you. Oh, death, where is your sting? It doesn't have any sting for you at all. Jesus plucked the stinger right out of death, mm -hmm. and you will have no fear. You can look it in the eye. You can rejoice that you have been loved and purchased by Jesus. Don't you want that kind of assurance? Don't you want a refuge and a shelter? Oh, surely it's time today to come, just come and put faith in Jesus Christ. Enter into the refuge. Um, we'll look at the rest of the verses here in our upcoming podcast. I wanna just focus on verse eight. It says, you will only look with your eyes. You will look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Joss, how does the cross fulfill mm. this verse? Yeah. Uh, where it says just open your eyes in another translation. We want to open our eyes to the cross and, and we see where the recompense of the wicked, where wicked are punished, and that is in Jesus. Um, um, we see his love. <laughs> we see he's, he's pouring out his love um, unto death for us. Um, we see our sins being taken into his body, into his, his hands and his feet, and his blood is dealing and removing our sin. And so we see that our punishment has been borne on Jesus and that the recompense of the wicked has been dealt with and so that we can then look up and know that we have freedom, freedom from God's wrath, freedom from Satan's hatred, freedom from all the fear and the terror and the arrows that fly, fly by night, the unexpected things, the fear of death that we might dwell on at night. We look up away from that into the refuge of the cross and we see that it has all been done and dealt with. We see that he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit so that we might receive his spirit. And he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Um, and it, his, he gave up his very life, his very breath, all his love to love us, uh, all his blood, and completely and fully. So we know it is all done and we can rest in peace. Amen. That was beautiful. And there are three of us 
uh, here together. Uh, Josh is in Australia. We're here in the U.S. Not one of us has an ounce of fear or dread of our future. Mm -hmm. We fear nothing. We are bold as a lion in the face of death that is making many fall. Hmm. How can this be? Joss, I used to be such a fearful man. Hmm. I, I used to live in dread and it's all gone. Yeah. My hmm. sleep has been wiped clean and I don't fear the terror that flies by, the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks at night. There's no fear, there's no terror for plagues or pestilences. Why? I know I will stand because Jesus fell. And I have a refuge because Jesus hung exposed to his father's wrath. Oh, oh, it's time now. I, I just know somebody's listening who needs to have their fear removed. Mm. They need some courage mm -hmm. that can't be worked up or put on or faked, but a, a faith that is real, that has been tried and tested and has come forth as gold. There's somebody needing right now to stop fretting and fearing and instead with gospel courage, cross-empowered faith to be able to say, I will stand eternally. And uh, Jody, would you just close us in prayer right now and, and pray for somebody to see and believe this message? Sure, yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. Oh, we thank you that we can look to you and take shelter in you, Jesus. We don't need to fear the terror of the night or arrows or pandemics or the darkness or any type of destruction. We don't fear death or your wrath or any of that because we have taken refuge in your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus, thank you so much for dying in our place, bearing all our sin, taking away our shame, removing our guilt, rescuing us, ransoming us, redeeming us. You have done it. It is finished. That's what you said. Paid in full. That's what you said on the cross. And then you gave up your spirit so that we could be filled with your spirit. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you have risen, risen from the dead, and you now live interceding for us. We thank you for this, Jesus. And I pray that those who put their trust in you, those who have believed in you, will be courageous. They will not... Um, fear that they would be a, a comfort able to comfort others with the comfort they have received from you through your cross and um dear lord i pray i pray for those today who are afraid who have not put their faith in you who have not taken refuge under your blood jesus i pray for these dear ones and i pray that you would open their heart and that you would plant your seed of love in it that it would bloom and take root and flourish and produce faith in them. I pray that they would put their trust in you today. It is simple. It is not complicated. They don't have to earn it. They don't have to work their way into it. They don't have to be especially good or kind or anything. 
They just need to look to you as their salvation. They need to look to you as the one that transforms their lives, that takes out their old stony heart and gives them a living heart, a heart that believes and has faith and does not fear because it has taken refuge in you, Jesus. So I pray that you would do this beautiful, marvelous, wonderful work that only you can do. I pray this in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.